On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're shooting hoops with the 1980s LA Lakers in Adam McKay's winning time on Sky Atlantic, finding out where spies go to watch their careers die in Apple's slow horses, and finally seeing what all the fuss is about hacks, which makes its almost ludicrously belated UK debut on Prime Video. Plus, we have two very special guests this week, both of whom stopped by to talk slow horses with us, Gary Oldman and Jack Loudon. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, a show that is only fractionally more audible than last week as my ailing vocal cords continue their glacially slow recovery. But it's all good, it's all good, because both Boyd and Beth are still more or less intelligible. How are we both? Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, I actually did have, I, I started, uh, I had symptoms yesterday. Did you? And I tested myself. And it was fine, but I thought my symptoms. I had a cough. I had a bit of a cough, and like I yeah. think it was hay fever actually, because I think okay. yeah, the hay fever started. But I didn't go and see. There's a screening of Ambulance, the new which um, I went to. We wish you yes. everyone went to except me because I yeah. couldn't go because I thought, well, I don't want to sit in there in a packed cinema yeah. with yeah. no because there's going to be no COVID spacing or anything. So there is yeah. some screenings and be coughing and everyone looking at me going, "What a fucking twat for coming!" Yeah, even though if he's going to wear a mask. So I uh, and, and and I missed this whole spectacular event. I was like watching it unfold on Twitter with like Gosh. delayed research start the oh screening because yeah. Michael Bay's a fucking bellend and this <laughs> <laughs> and the other and um, so now yeah so I was devastated that I missed it but I, I had but I haven't got COVID right now apparently I'm okay, oh, okay. For yeah. anyone who is wondering what that was, we did go and see the screening of Ambulance and they did genuinely stop the film about five minutes in. And then and then someone comes and said, Michael, Michael's doing something. It's like taking a call or something. And then they restarted it 10 minutes later, but louder. And I can't help wondering whether Michael Bay <laughs> sat there and watched the film start, said, no, fuck this, turn crank up the volume and start yeah. it again because did. literally it started again at a hot, at an audibly higher volume. Yeah. Oh, big time. And yeah. so we think maybe he was like, no, nope, it's not loud enough. It's not loud enough to turn it up. Of oh course, you, I'm sure you're going to see some more detail in the Empire podcast. We did, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So have you? We have already recorded it. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine. Yeah. I won't ask you to repeat the whole. Do you want to know a really embarrassing uh, Michael Bay fact about me? Go on. When I was a teenager, <laughs> I used to have uh, a massive crush on Ben Affleck. When he I was thought you about to say Michael Bay. Oh no, uh, like, who didn't? Ben Affleck with like the frosted tips. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. And For, I'm was, sorry. With the what? The frosted tips. What it the was fuck very... is that? <laughs> I mean, looking at your. I haven't had hair for like decades. So, yeah, you know. it was like when uh, the, the the very ends. It was a very kind of nineties naughty thing, um, where the very tips of the hair were kind of a blondey colour, but the rest of the hair was sort of right. a dark colour. Um, and I was really, I was really into it. That's issue. I used to have a Pearl Harbor poster above my oh bed. Oh my god! What a quad. not just Armageddon, but but Pearl, Pearl, Pearl Harbor. 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 Yeah, he didn't have the frosty tips in no, in Armageddon. True. He just had them in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. I was on set at Pearl Harbor. I wasn't, yeah, but I wasn't invited. I invaded the set. They were shooting at a country house somewhere in, I can't even remember where it was, but I was sent down there by my then editor uh, with a camera to take pictures that we could put up on the website. And I pretended to be a runner and I went to car craft services and I literally started handing out coffees to people and got pictures of like Michael Bay and Ben Affleck. What? And, and I'm literally just wandering around on set handing, because if you're giving hot drinks to people, they will not question what you're doing there. They just yeah. assume you're supposed well, to no, be there. Well, why didn't you do just do an official set visit? Were yeah. you just bars? Well, you see, you have to understand. Like when we first started out, because this would have been what two thousand, uh, the website was separate from the magazine, and we went a bit rogue, and and we used to get quite a lot of stories out of these kind of pat pictures or film sets, like oh early things. God. So I did, yeah, Harry Potter. I'm I invaded the set up when it was shooting <laughs> Oxford University by pretending to be a student uh, when Last not... Orders, which is Helen Mirren, Bob Hoskins, uh, was shooting at it was either Guy's or Tommy's Hospital. I can't remember. I borrowed a doctor's coat and pretended to be a doctor, <gasps> and literally got on set that way. 
that I is can't even conceive of like gorilla yeah. sex visiting. Yeah. And you in the middle bonking. of this, well, these, um, it's almost like catfishing. I know people. it's mad. Yeah. It's mad. Like, and yeah. the Harry Potter one, genuinely, I could have died because I, I, yeah, this is, and this is not, I'm not even making this up. It's absolutely true. They were shooting in an area which I couldn't get into, which was a hall, but there was like an old oak door in a tower next to it. And I sort of forced the door open, <laughs> climbed wow. up the tower, and then there was a, a door at the top which was locked, but there was like a big gap under the door because it was over, I think. So I climbed, I tried to get under the door and got wedged under this door. And bear in mind, there was like thick dust. I was like, no fucker's been in here for like decades. They might find my body in 20 years' time oh stuck gosh. under this door. Um, so that was, that was awkward. Jeez. What, what a past life. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Who knew? Ultimately, the studios got a bit upset with it and they don't complained so, to the magazine and they made a stop. Yeah, aren't any of like remaining studio people like still remember this and like barge you from any kind of visiting, any kind of set ever? It, I mean, I'm amazed. The Harry Potter unit publicist may or may not have called me up and read me the right act <laughs> over that particular incident. Good for them. Because wow, yeah. I, I managed to, and this is also true, I, I, ran, I ran into some other students who saw through my ruse of pretending to be a student at Oxford. They didn't believe it for a second. <laughs> and uh, so in the end, I ended up paying one of the students to, to sort of take some pictures for me and she she broke onto the set like one evening I took pictures of loads of the props and she had the prop for Tom Riddle's trophy you know the I, I am Lord Tom Riddle and they'd spelled Tom Riddle's name wrong which may sound like a point of pedantry but when you get to the second film that's a problem because it's a fucking anagram and so we ran a news story about that and that all kicked off as well I go oh well my all. god because uh, even they weren't allowed to take props or anything oh yeah, with them are yeah, they yeah. Oh my this is all true yeah I'm surprised someone didn't end up in prison. Well, there's nothing illegal about. Oh, I suppose mm. <laughs> is it trespassing. I, I don't think know. there probably well, is. Well, I guess something if you're a student at the it. university, you can do what you want. You know, they well, can't you, well, if you have a sense of entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, well, I'm very glad that we we uh, found was, out about that. Yeah. It was a past life. I haven't done that in a very long time. Ooh, wow. It's important that people know that. I'm now on the up and up. I'm completely honest. I do not pretend to be doctors. <laughs> it's not like a whole catch me if you can type deal. I'm not doing that. Oh my God. So. It's crazy. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto that. So. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to go into what we've been watching now. But before we do, well, not as before we do, it's actually part of what we're doing. We need to talk about Peaky Blinders. Because, oh, yeah. because this has been brought up on social media. Now, as we go out, the fifth episode will have aired. But as we record, we've only seen the first four episodes because we haven't been given the fifth episode, which is a whole other thing I won't get into. But, <laughs> but did, you like me, did, you, did you like me ask for it? Have you asked for it? Or you just assume you weren't going to I just assume they're going to I have actually me. asked for it. Yeah. So I can tell you that the official line is that they're delivering five and six very close to transmission. Right, and yeah. And, and they can't. Now, bearing in mind, I mean, I'm not, I mean, all right, I'm going to accept that, but they have been filming this. Like, didn't they film this ages ago? Like, you know. Well, speaking of just, someone who saw the first two episodes, like months and months right, and months ago. I knew ago, there was something. Last That's year. right. Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Before they'd even finished. Yeah. I mean, it. fair enough. But yeah. yeah, yeah, we haven't seen five or six. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> like, as people have pointed out, like, a lot of people are like, you know, what the fuck is going on with the new season of Peaky Blinders? Which, Boyd, you gave five stars to, and I endorsed your five-star review at the time. I, I must... did, yeah. I must admit, <laughs> I must admit that if I'd have seen up to four, I'd yeah. seen three, Yeah. but if I'd seen up to four, I think I might have downgraded it to four yeah. stars. Right. Um, and it's not like four is a particularly terrible episode or anything, but I could definitely do without Certain, like there was a long scene in episode four between the brothers with, um, you know, him and the dissolute kind of um, barely surviving. Sitting in the wine cellar. In the wine cellar. <laughs> the wine cellar scene. Yeah. Which I thought was like, oh, I didn't enjoy that scene, I have to say. I thought it was like, 
went on so long um, and was just a bit kind of, I get it, you know, I get what the, mm. the idea of this is and they're clasping their hands together and we, it just, do you know what I mean? So I, um, I didn't enjoy that. The whole kind of um, almost like um, metaphysical religious faith kind of underlying thing of it I'm not. It's losing, lost me a bit as well. There's an unusual amount of witchcraft in this particular the witchcraft. series. Yeah, yes. I, was, I was trying to avoid the word witchcraft. So I don't know why. Um, so that as well, yeah, is not. But having said that, I do find the experience of what I just find the experience of yeah. watching it and the mood of it. And of course, one of our um, uh, tweet, one of our listeners tweets is about the the montages, and of course. Oh, I love a montage. I love a montage mm, as I well. And I think I, I think the way they're used in Piggy Blinds is so... I love that. That's one of my favourite things about it. So I, I, they can have like five montages, montages an episode and I'll be fine with it. Mm. Um, so, and so I'm still... And I find the whole um, Oswald Mosley fascist IRA woman, um, Dinah Mitford, that whole saga, yeah. absol- I think that is brilliant. I love all that stuff. So I think because that is re- that's really the meat of it, isn't it, for me, this series. Started last series, but they really, like, to what extent is he compromising himself by basically dealing with these Nazis? <laughs> and there's a really brilliant bit where Dinah Mitford starts talking about the Jews in episode four, that's right, which yeah. I thought was chilling and, yeah. you know, got to the nub of the issue. Um, so all of that I'm finding fascinating and gripping. And they're all, she's brilliant. Um, I think, you know, Sam Clafton, I think, is great. They're, uh, so well, the Irene woman's phenomenal. So all that stuff, I think, is so good and feels like the the stakes are so high. You know, is literally, I mean, you could end up, you know, I have not seen five or six, but I'm my theory is that basically the whole point of this is going to be, because it's all about how good or evil is actually Tommy. And I feel like what's probably going to happen, what, we, what Stephen Knight is saying up here, is that despite everything, he's going to save the world from fascism. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's kind of where we're going. Like Superman. Yeah, otherwise, what's the point of all this stuff? Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you think about it, the real point of it is he's showing you, well, all right, Tommy Shelby does all this stuff and he's a killer and he mm. is, you know, he's a philanderer and he's, well, everything he is, but he's not Oswald Mosley or Hitler. And it's like, and I mean, that's actually, a fucking low bar, isn't it? <laughs> no, I know, but I feel like I know, I'm simplifying it. I, I would be genuinely surprised if some, if, if basically what happens is that he is somehow a key figure yeah. in the crushing of fascism. Mm. Okay. Oh, and that that makes a lot of sense. I and I'm excited about that prospect of seeing how they yeah, do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's good too. It's funny, like when I spoke to Stephen Knight when I did the interview with him, he was going on, and Anthony Burns said the same thing that this he thinks is the best series. Like they they've done mm. their best work here, and I'm I like watching it. I'm like I will grant you, like the writing is brilliant, like the tone is amazing, it's beautifully shot, the music, yeah. it's everything about it is perfect, but not a lot happens. It's not. Yeah. The most eventful series. And yeah. all the stuff with, with his daughter, like there's a whole new sort of like dimension to Tommy that we're seeing, and I'm enjoying that as well. But there's an element of, I don't want to say treading water, but maybe I do. Like, so we're four out of six episodes. I mean, that's two thirds of the way through this. Does basic math in my head. Uh, you know, and not a lot's happened. Mm. I mean, at he has, all. there was a big revelation at the end of. There was, there four, was. If yes, people haven't seen it, yeah. that is true. There was a big revelation, a game changer. But I feel but that yeah. part of it is that there's a lack of of texture to it. And the reason I say that, and I don't mean texture in terms of the place. So I, perhaps texture is the white road. What I mean is variety, because because you've got obviously we've lost Polly, and you know Michael hasn't been around for reasons, and. Arthur, I don't like what they've done necessarily with Arthur because I love Arthur and Arthur, because of the situation he's going through, has been quite sidelined. So it's very, very Tommy-centric. I like that Ada's mm. had more to do in this season than anyone before and I think she's great Ada. and I love what's happening yeah. with her character. Yeah, agree, yeah. And it's given Mosley time to be, but even Mosley doesn't get a lot of time. So you think, well, we're, we're now 
two thirds of the way into this, and I feel like everything that's happened so far could maybe have been covered in one episode. <laughs> so, but do you know what I mean? Like, because if you look yeah. at how propulsive the previous seasons are and how much happens, like there's a yeah. lot going on. There's big set pieces of violence. They're taking over Camden. They're doing this. There's a lot happening. This is a much more of a simmer than a boil. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And. You know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but for the final season, you know, who knows? Maybe the body count for the last two episodes will be off the chain. I have no idea. But yeah, I, I feel like I need a bit of that. I get the sense, also, I do get the sense that five and six will be, five's called The Road to Hell. I mean, that's promising. Yeah. yeah. And I just think the way it's all been set up, like everything's, everything's going to cut, he's going to yeah. try and sort out, after the revelation at the end of the first episode, he's now going to sort out everything he needs yeah. to sort out, right? Yeah. And that's going to happen in these last two episodes. Yeah. Particularly not, you know, with everything, with Stephen Graham in, in in, uh, Liverpool. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was sitting there in this episode thinking, is he coming back? Was yeah, that here? I, we only got him for one scene. What the fuck was that? I'm pretty sure I, I, I pretty much know he's coming back. Good. So he'll be, I think he'll be back in Good. five. And all the things, the thing with the with the cousin in, with what's his name in, in yeah, Boston, Michael, in jail, yes. Michael, and all of that. So yeah, I think I think it's going to suddenly go helter-skelter in five and six. I'm trying to think there's another series similarly where it was much less eventful for a long period and then suddenly it all went went crazy in the final couple of episodes and was like, maybe Game of Thrones or something. I don't know. Something I like can't that. remember. You know I mean? I'm it's, sure there have been many of them. Yeah. But you are right. I think, but I think actually like the mood, the fact it is more of a mood piece actually. Mm, yeah, very much This so. series than, than, than an event piece. Yeah, there's certainly a very few, it's much less eventful. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. right. Don't know what you're 100%. talking about. Not watching it. All I'm hearing is television is too long these days. And, yeah, uh, that's essentially best so. thinking. Uh, yeah, you're all very well with your Nazis, but what's the fucking runtime? That's what she's saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. If you can get to it in two hours, why are you spending six hours yeah. telling that story? That's like you know, any that's episode that ticks over 42 minutes and you are out. Yeah. Yeah, only yeah, time for 200 enough. hours of okay. expansion yeah. from people. I mean, it's only six episodes. By, by current standards, that's not much, yeah. really. I mean, most, every, every other series is eight, It's current 10. standards, and then there's Beth's standards, and yeah, Beth's right. standards <laughs> is okay, four 30-minute episodes, and you're done. Yeah. The other intriguing thing is how, it's how, it's the, how, how they have to not only end... Sorry, I'm, now, no, no, you, now you started that, I'm it. banging on. But they have to end this series on some big, huge, yep. what has happened to Tommy, etc. finale, right? And But there's also, then there's the film. Yeah. So it's like, and then well, whatever he does after that, and whatever he does after that. So can he, for example, I mean, I guess you know the huge big question is: is he just going to kill him off? I mean, you know, everything in the whole series from first episode onwards has been intimating that he's going to die at some point. I mean, we all die at some point. Let me make that clear. But we don't all necessarily die within a TV series. <laughs> That's drama. very true. So yes. he must, but you know, can he kill him off? And then the film is the film like a, more of a spin-off, focusing on other people and not him. I mean, it's possible. Could be. It could be. I don't know. I'm curious to see. There's a part of me that actually quite wants to see Tommy die at the end of it. Just yeah, I think it would so, be a nice bookend to the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. None of this is spoilers be because we are literally making this shit up. So <laughs> it has to be consequential, doesn't it, this finale? Yeah, it has so to have weight. six series yes. and all this time, yes. it has to have weight and consequence. So yeah. the fact that there's a film coming along and they can't, yeah. we can't, you know, they can't just divert no. it all onto the film. Well, this is the big problem with The Walking Dead, isn't it? You've got to think, well, how much am I actually going to get out of this knowing that there's, what, like 12 spinoffs at this stage? Well, like, the thing is, exactly as you say, given that, like, f at least four of the characters we know of have their own spin-off yeah. shows coming. We know they're not dying yeah. because they have shows coming. So, What if I happened to the Walking Dead special film starring Andrew Lincoln? Uh, yes, good question. Are I don't they know. happening? Uh, no. I asked Angela Kang about that when no. I interviewed her and she said that's nothing to do with her. So wow. she couldn't tell me. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I thought, there you go, sharing that nugget of information, do you? Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Maybe Andrew Lincoln is busy. 
Maybe we really? should turn up outside he's his house with some cards. <laughs> asking when he's no, going to make it. No, that would be creepy. Yeah, Christmas that would be creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just now, because it's Christmas, when's the fucking Walking Dead movie? Uh, yeah, we can we can give that a go. I oh, know, yeah. look, we'll see. Like, Piggy Blinders, maybe it's simply that he too much of his time and attention was spent on the superior C to to fully spend more time doing stuff on Piggy Blinders. I don't uh, I don't know. What a brilliant theory. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Does he write I've asked this before, but I forgot what the answer is. Does he write every episode of C? He wrote or co wrote every episode from season one. Right. He didn't write any Oh, of season two. Oh, well, okay. So I think he's kind go. of launched this into the world right. and now he's stepped back from it. Right. So clearly my my theory doesn't hold water. Okay, yeah. It is, it is a show though. I'm absolutely fascinated as how it's gonna win. You know there are some shows where you're like I don't really care. Are we still talking much. about C? So I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> Back to being blinders. Sorry. I don't give a fucking shit about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yes. absolutely fascinated by no, it. And I fantastic. think that's a test, isn't it, how good a show is sometimes. If you really yeah. absolutely can't wait to see how mm. that final, I'm literally talking about the final scene. What is he going to do? I don't know. It's so, such a brilliantly, he's so good at at set piece moments, yeah. isn't he? The music, the, the but cinematography, that's it, isn't it? everything. Yeah. yeah. The final scene will look beautiful. Yeah. It will sound fucking banging. Yeah, and it will be and brilliantly be written. And yeah. it'll be like, it'll be amazing. Pretentious, hundred <laughs> like, percent. There's poetry in there. Like, didn't yeah. start talking talk about poetry, yeah. and then you know, in the in the cellar scene, in the wine cellar scene. Yes, the, anyway, the unmissable wine cellar yeah. scene. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> there's a bit where like, Arthur's like, "I'm waiting for this wine cup to fill up." It takes five minutes, and we're like, "We're all waiting for that wine yeah. cup to fill up, Arthur." You're <laughs> yeah. not the only Poor one. Poor <laughs> Arthur. Poor. I mean, he hasn't had much I to know. do. I know. I love literally Arthur. slump. He's spent this entire series slumped somewhere. He does. He does not look. Good, but he's like, and also he's not. He's not. He's like when he when you have the scene with him and and Stephen Graham, and he's being he's being all oh, I'm off for Shelby, and like, mate, you look like yeah. a stiff breeze would blow you over. Yes. You're not that intimidating anymore. No, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Not, for the, for those of you who don't watch Peaky Blinders and Beth, that was probably very boring. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone else found it uh, entertaining. Other than Peaky Blinders, what have we all been watching? Uh, I finished season three of Better Call Saul in my oh. big Better Call Saul watch. The one with the fire. Yeah. Did it no spoilers? I just whispered it. You weren't even probably listening to me uh, anyway. That's fair. I could have just like laid out the whole thing and turned around and snoring. Like, hmm, what? <laughs> so What's two, that about, see? Two more seasons to go. Two more seasons to go. Are you going to make it in time? When is it? We got yeah. You got, got look. You got it's eight, isn't it? Eighteenth. We keep eighteenth, nineteenth of April. Yeah. So you've got like three weeks. A solid three weeks. I've got a minute. That's you know? fine, isn't it? Twenty episodes. Twenty episodes. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. You can. Yeah. 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 But yeah. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is revving up. Yeah. So yeah, finished finished that episode. Um, and there was, a, the, of course, the bingo episode, which I think I've told oh, us in this yeah. podcast before, which made sense because I went to a. Be- a Promotional bingo um, game in Bethel Green. What for Better Call Saul? It was just like a freebie I got through my old job. And Chris Hewitt was um, hosting it. Oh my it. god! When was, was that? he? When was that? For, for I can't for, remember. For, I guess for the for season three, season three, yeah. which has the the bingo. I, remember, I vaguely remember being invited to that. Yeah, yeah. and Chris Hewitt hosted. It. Of course, he Chris did. Chris Hewitt hosted it. Bingo with Chris Hewitt. This <laughs> is literally hosts? my idea of hell. <laughs> You say that. And this was before I was writing for you guys, so I was just like, oh. Were there any cast there? Or was it just Chris Hewitt? It was just Chris Hewitt <laughs> hosting God. the bingo. And it was Bethany Working Men's Club, which was in, I suppose it's in um, This Is Going To Hurt. They have yeah. um, the yes, wedding reception there. Yes, yes. Lovely, yes. lovely kind of chintzy. Nice yeah, it's place a brilliant venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want a better console onesie. Oh, really this good. Is, you won a onesie. My favourite yeah. thing about this story that sounds is... like from start. You won a onesie. It sounds like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Not Jabba the Hutt. Bit of Fortuna. Sorry, is, go on. Is, is, the, is the reminder that 
the publicity people behind Bagel Saul. <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound awful. They're just just having Chris hosting a binger night is enough. <laughs> have, yeah. You know, anyone involved yeah. in the show. That's it. That mm. is enough. I, I mean, mean, so, I mean to be fair, I was not a, a the you know prolific boundary pushing journalist that I am now. I was no. I was a little little like editorial assistant for that film four. So I but was still, just. I think I would have had imposter syndrome. So I don't think I could have done that. You know what, Krista. Chris is very good at that kind of thing. I don't what, think you I, don't think you could have hosted a bingo night? No. I reckon you'd have been fine. I don't think I could. Not with no one there. Not All just, the eight. Just, eight. Not I, I, I mean, no one was. from the cast or the. No, I don't mean in the audience. <laughs> I mean, like you know, yeah. what, just having it all on your shoulders. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, horrific. I once hosted. Right. I mean, and this this is, gives me it gives me nightmares thinking about it. <laughs> You know, there's this comedy, uh, that, that, but there's basically there used to be a comedy fest. There probably still is. And I'm that, sure there's several. And they have like, events at the BFI. And I hosted an airplane reunion, right? For the for the um, people who made them airplane, airplane yeah. my favorite films of all time. Yeah. Um, and that which was brilliant, the Prince Charles. And I've done various events, I'm hosting various events. And they did this thing on Woody Allen's birthday, right? This is pre, well, actually, I say it's pre scandal, but it's not really. It was in the in the period where people didn't seem to have really forgotten about the scandal. And it was another time. It. it was another time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they would have like um, special screenings every year on Woody Allen's birthday at, you know, like the Everyman in wherever. Yeah. And um, they would have a night of basically a film. The Centipede was one of his films. And then there would be like stand-ups doing like tributes to him, people making like just performers just talking about him. It really was a different time. It really was a different time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not going to happen anymore. It's not going to happen ever again. And, And they asked me to host it. And I thought... Okay, you know, I love Woody Allen. Um, I can make an intro to the film. I think Manhattan, they were showing Manhattan that night, which is one of my, you know, five favorite films. Mm. And um, and there was stand up comedians taking part, quite famous stand up comedians taking part. But I, what I didn't really strike me until I actually on the day of it was that I had to host the whole fucking thing. It was like Ugh. one thing after and introduce these like proper comedians and a guy who does brilliant impersonations of Woody Allen, like a proper, you know, Carrie Shell, I think he's called actor who does Woody Allen, um, and. I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not like a, you know, just get a fucking comedian to do it. So I, w- and, and literally at one point, one of the comedians said to me, you're not a comedian, are you? I went, no. Like, Why are you hosting this? I know, I shouldn't be. Anyway, yeah, that's all I can say about that evening. That's, yeah. Sorry, how do we go on to that? It's hard oh, to yeah. say. It's, it's hard Chris to say. Chris Hewitt, yeah. bingo. We yeah, Chris Hewitt, bingo. Today. Yeah, Chris Hewitt, bingo. So yeah, uh, <laughs> four years later, five years later, whatever, I finished the third season of well done. Soul. Well done. It's do- better than I've done. Did you see Bob Odenkirk on, I did tweet this about this, on Lorraine this week. Bob, for some reason, it really tickled me. Right, that's the reaction I was was expecting. For some reason, I love the idea that Bob Odenkirk was on Lorraine. So I just tweeted, Bob Odenkirk is on Lorraine, in caps. People are making rude jokes about it. Um, um, But it was just amazing to see. I I love Lorraine. I I mean, when, you know, in the working from home period, I do watch a lot of daytime TV. Who's Lorraine? Oh my God, this is brilliant. Lorraine Kelly. Who's Lorraine? Oh, that's brilliantly sums you up. Yeah. I have no She's idea. She's one of the most famous TV presenters She's in the country. She's a like, stalwart. Yeah. Has she been in anything? Anything or... <laughs> like not like Piggy Blinders or anything? No. Really, no. No. no, she's <laughs> a presenter. She's a morning She's a presenter. She's a national treasure. Yeah, never heard of her. Right, anyway, that is brilliant. You've never heard of Lauren Kelly. You're telling me you've never heard of Lauren Kelly. No, you definitely have. I mean, uh, the you name have. the name might ring a bell. You have. But I don't know. I, I couldn't pick she's her out of a, a line. She's a very, right, for your purposes, she's a very mainstream, lovable, Scottish, friendly, yeah. lovely person. And she has like showbiz report. She has the, the hour between between Good Morning Britain and, and This Morning. I think it, this is like saying like, I've never heard of Beyonce song. It is a bit like, like that, It's yeah. like, I feel like you definitely yeah. You're exaggerating have. your lack of knowledge of pop culture. 
Sure. Anyway, <laughs> only that were true. But it's um, kind of weird that she did a thing about Medical Saul and him. It was just that was a bit unusual. I thought for you know, like if I'd have pitched guests to various shows, that probably wouldn't have been the first place I'd have gone to. Lorraine, but he was brilliant. He was so lovable. I love that. Bob Odenkirk, and she was great. And she clearly does watch it to give yeah. credit. Medical Saul. So does my, he watch Lorraine though? That's the question. It was my snobbery. I doubt he'd seen it. It was my snobbery, but it was it was a lovely coming together of different of dis, diverse talents. I would have loved it if that was the only TV spot yes. that he did. Yes. No Graham Norton, no Jonathan Ross. You know what? I think it might because neither of those shows are on at the moment. So I think maybe that's why because it might have been just just. I think he, I know he was on the radio a few times, but no I think that might have been his only TV. Just Lorraine. Yeah, yeah just Lorraine. <laughs> I've heard of Graham Norton. That's oh, wonderful. I'm sure he's heard of you too. Yeah, of course he has. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, finish that season three, and then I've done. I've started doing a little Dairy Girls rewatch to get me oh, back in the point. spirit good of uh, series three. So you have. So I have. So I have. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you what the the finale of the the first season will just never not make me burst into floods of tears. It's so the dance. I feel like we've spoken about this before in this podcast, but uh, yeah, I think that is just such... Now, what song does it start with, remind me? Oh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> I mean, no, if you want to perform it, you, know, you can. You know. Is it? It's, what's the song? Because it's Orla's doing it, isn't she? She starts off... Yeah, and then it breaks into the song I'm... I'm and was it they say to her, she's our... Oh, dickhead or whatever it was yeah she's our dickhead also an amazing fact I am just looking up what, and then what doesn't it segue into zombie like it fades into zombie am I right in it saying is... this oh is it like a prayer is it like a prayer uh, it's Madonna I they think do it's use Madonna like a prayer in the because they're singing on the stage and I seem to recall yeah. it slows down as they're dancing and then it transitions into cranberries doesn't it zombie cranberries yeah no but that's not what it starts with no no it, it turns into zombie it turns into dreams I think it starts right, with like a prayer I'm sure it's is it not zombie is it definitely if you dreams? Die on that hill. Is it I definitely think dreams? dreams. All right, that's it. We need to find this out. Dreams. All right, hang on. Cranberries. Dairy there was girls. also while you're looking at oh, the, the season two finale with the Bill Clinton speech was brilliant as well. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yeah. really, really. I great. love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah. The Cranberries Dreams plays as the young female narrator introduces herself. Yes, but that's not the one at the end. Yeah, no, it is oh, zombie. It is, it is zombie. zombie. <sighs> I mean, look, it's it is often exhausting being right as often as I am, but you know, it's something I've learned to live with. Anyway, I watched that, <laughs> and it was wonderful, and I think it's uh, an incredibly beautiful scene in television. I'm very sad it's ending. We've got a brilliant thing in that. Th can I say this? I think I can. Uh, we've got a brilliant thing in the next issue of Heat, right? Which is one of the best things we've ever done. I think we've got a special free one-off smash hits magazine no, no. yes Boys. entirely themed around Derry Girls yeah. oh and it's a, it's a freebie with you're doing a Derry heat. Girls mini mag so. with Heat magazine a Derry Girls smash hits oh. crossover mini mag that's yeah I can't fantastic. quite get my head around that's that that's genius it is brilliant I'm absolutely brilliant. when they told me about it I was like oh my god this is like absolutely brilliant oh. what a brilliant thing to happen so yeah the week it, the week before it comes out I think where well, it was April 5th or whatever um, smash Hits Dairy yeah, Girls we've got, you get Smash Hits Dairy Girls freebie with that issue of Heat that week yeah I'm hoping Absolutely. to get some of the Dairy Girls on this very podcast of so. course of course yeah, yeah. which will be fun yeah do love Terry Girl. It's brilliant. Absolutely. Anything else, Beth? Anything else you want to share? Uh, no, that was that was it. Long telly for us to review this week. So yeah, just, that was uh, quite a bit. Just those. I um I think I can say this. So I had the absolute honour of interviewing Elizabeth Moss 
this week for a future issue of Empire Magazine. Indeed. For a future issue of Empire Magazine, uh, discussing her new show, Shining Girls. Yes. Which is going to be on the Apple TV Plus. Now, so I had to watch loads of episodes of that in preparation so that did dominate. that does not sound like a hardship it was not a hardship at all and I was going to talk about obviously it's embargo but in fact they showed I think the first episode on South, at the South by Southwest Festival did they yeah so that's not embargo so there are reviews out there and all that and, and I'm being really safe yeah. because sometimes unbelie- and it, unbelievable yeah. as it seems it does happen yeah. even though something comes out in America and they, they work to review it you're still told there's an embargo for your country's reviews do you know what I mean and you're like oh really like, so I haven't actually triple checked this but all I'd say is if you read the reviews of the new series of Shining Girls, what they showed at South by Southwest Festival, the American Industry Reviews, I think it's on Variety. And all I agree with those. Um, so, it's, what do those reviews those say? Those reviews Boyd? say it's really, really good. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, or, the series itself, it's adapted by a it's Lauren Buke's book, yes. isn't it? Do you yeah. know that? Do you know her? No, I know. I know of the book. I've not read it, but it's it sounds. I remember. I remember when this was first announced, and I read it. <laughs> I read out the thing on the podcast. I was saying, yeah, it's something to do with time travel. It's fueled by killing certain girls and Terry was like oh fucking course it is and it was like she was not impressed by it at all the funny thing is what you've just said so I, this is what I'm going to say to people I really need to get this out there is that the series veers quite dramatically in how it, in what it reveals about the storyline from the book and I implore anyone to not look at the Wikipedia entry on the book oh. do not read up on the book if you haven't read the book just because the series deals with it completely differently Ooh. Yeah, which I did talk about with Elizabeth Moss about. Um, but it is effective. It's definitely, uh, there's a lot of serial killing. <laughs> there's a lot of trauma. Right. There's a lot of um, uh, David Fincher-esque atmosphere. Um, and it would, and it's the catnip, the whole, everything about it, catnip for me. Um Watch boy just like embargo's gone out the window at this point and give a fuck. Go on. Oh no, no I'm saying it's canon for me whether I whether I liked it or not. Oh, I'm just saying it's you know, in theory, the whole subject matter. Um, yes. So I watched spent a lot of time watching that. I think I've got away with saying everything I can about that. I, I have been bollocked this week, by the way, for um for uh coverage of Moon Knight. Right. I'm not surprised the embargo doesn't lift until next week. Yeah, but right, here's the confusing thing about Moon Knight, right? On last week, loads of people got on Twitter reviewing it. Saying what they thought of it. Yeah. Loads of people yeah. got to see the first four episodes. Yes, myself included. Right. There you go. And and you was and honestly, there's loads of people. I was like, so, and I wasn't told about any any embargo, by the way. And um, but there's loads of people basically saying what they think of it. See, I hadn't Good even bad. I hadn't even announced that I'd seen it because I just I was a bit like the embargo because we are not reviewing spoiler Moon Knight this week <laughs> for the simple reason that we go out on Monday and the embargo breaks I think at lunchtime on Tuesday. Yes. So we are not able yes. to review it this week, even though we have seen Moon yes. Knight. Yes. Um. Um, but I wrote anyway. I wrote preview. We, we give, I've said this before in Heat. We give preview star ratings whether we've seen the thing or not. And I didn't. I, I meant I tried to make it quite. Which I, is insane. And I've said that before. I but know, carry we, on. We, 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 you know, we, everything we judge. You know, on we just how excited we are about it is basically <laughs> what we're saying. All right, all right. But anyway, I didn't say I didn't make pretend I'd seen it. I just talked about how the trailer. You know, <laughs> why explain the trailer? Like foundation, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The trailer was great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, yeah, I got bought for that. For um, for uh, <laughs> yes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Look who you're taking their side. I am taking their side. Taking the side of the man. <laughs> That's right. I'm taking the man of you. I, uh, yes, I too have seen. I too am unable to tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Right. Do you know what? I, I we had a viewing party for this for these uh, these for these episodes. We all oh, watched that's it what was going on. I watched. It, I, I can, saw Instagram. I can I saw... neither confirm nor deny that that what you're talking yes. about is what it was. I saw on Instagram a gathering of Empire <laughs> Elite 
and uh, to watch something, I was thinking, I wonder what that is. And now that, that, I can that makes neither it all confirm sense. nor deny. But I will say, oh, I once this. you start talking like this, it's really hard to stop. I loved it. So, you yeah. Can we go back to last week? All I alluded to in my preview, not review, preview, yeah. was yeah. that. Okay. Exactly. Him doing that yeah. fantastic accent, and there might be an explanation for that. Well, and, and you know, I didn't wasn't indicating I'd actually fucking seen it or anything. Anyway, right. Okay. Got into trouble. Void the embargo killer. As well. <laughs> Shut as well. the, fuck <laughs> the other thing I have seen all of now, because yeah. I wanted to, because pending our pending um, uh, pertinent to our review last week is Bridgerton. Or I've yeah, I've yeah, consumed yeah. all of. Mm. Yes. And I read an article where they, they explained away the lack of nookie and it was absolute bollocks. They were saying, well, <laughs> right. we've decided that a steamy glance can be just as right. titillating Thank as like you. full frontal nudity. Uh, I'm sorry, can it? <laughs> I don't think it can. Right. Not only that, don't get me started. <laughs> this, this could be a long rant, right? but not, don't, don't get me started because... So Chris Van Dusen, the, so they had, a, they had a premiere this week in yep. town. I think they had a Q&A and he's done lots of interviews. Everyone's done lots of interviews. Chris Van Dusen, the showrunner, yes spoke to various people and he said that they've never had a sex scene for the sake of having a sex scene. That's pretty much word for word I think what yeah. he said, right? Yeah. And he said they don't do gratuitous they don't do gratuitous sex. That right. that is what he's saying. Yeah. Now I'm not going to go at him personally. You know, that's his, that's his, but I'm sorry. If you've watched fucking Bridgerton, all of series one, there were myriad sex scenes. Yeah. We got the idea of this sexual um, issue that he had, the character played by Reggie Jean Page. He had a sexual issue, right? And to dramatise the fact that he had issues, they had literally seven or eight, however many fucking sex scenes they had, replete with full excuse me, I'm just back, <laughs> replete with full nudity, yeah. quite rightly, and they were, you know, brilliantly raunchy, and that's what made this show come, let's not pretend, that's what made this yeah. show a phenomenon. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's been loads of um, period dramas, Downton Abbey, yeah. all, the, all the period dramas in history, yeah. the whole thing that made Bridget special was its extraordinary level of nudity, raunch, and sex Yeah, in that uh, first season. 100%, but not just, the, I didn't find there anything gratuitous about it. It was incredibly empowering. I think it sent a really strong message to young women who were yeah. kind of becoming sexually active not to sound like Juno um, and there was a real sense of purpose to all that so yeah it was fun and steamy and you know you got to kind of yeah. enjoy these young people exploring their sexuality I don't know why they couldn't have just continued that narrative in this without being like no we don't do it for the sake of that if anything is devaluing the sex in the first season I agree exactly but I think but when I say gratuitous I don't I mean I, mean, I don't mean I, you're right it's I, not narratively essential right, is what exactly. you're saying yeah. his claim isn't the narrative essential but we've got the idea uh, right, really? Like unclenched. you could have cut if you re we got the idea of the, yeah. of the sex going yeah. on there. The, num the sheer number and volume of the scenes, if you really didn't, you could have cut that down, but they definitely didn't. And nor than that, how do you explain the gratuitous butt shots, you know, of, of Anthony, in, you know, for example? <laughs> in this series, there's a storyline about what the other brother, the gay brother, starts goes to this club where he starts painting nudes, you know, that's just to show gratuitous nudity there. I use the word gratuitous in the fun sense. I'm nothing against it. I think it's good, as you say. We're I all for gratuitous nudity. We love a bit yeah. of gratuitous. It's the opposite. <laughs> I'm the opposite of judging. I'm actually saying well, that was the brilliant thing yeah. about it. It yeah. felt very yeah. freeing, you know, and celebratory, and we're going to include nudity as often as we can. And now it feels like 
and but just so just to kind of, so there so eventually in the last couple of episodes you get to that more of that right without wanting to spoil it too much and the fifth episode has a brilliant um, dinner scene where all the reasons for the love triangle between Anthony and the two and the and the two sisters which is the focus of the whole series yeah. that all come all the secrets and all the reality that just comes tumbling out and it's really good right. dramatically it's really good but I do think this series. We said it last week, and I still having finished it. I still think that I think they got themselves into a bit of a bind by following the books and 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 getting into this situation where Anthony is in love, has to be chastely in love with one sister and chastely supposed to marry the other sister, and that chasteness is part of the whole thing. But I think they could have somehow extricated, or just give more detail of other storylines or whatever yeah. to get because it does feel buttoned up. It does feel you know literally compared to the last season. Oh, that's all I'd say. They? So that's my rant about. <laughs> I still just can't get over these steamy glances thing. It's like, I don't understand the logic. Like, I don't understand, I don't understand the creative well, because, choice. because uh, it, it is what I'm saying. It's because the, the, how do they, they can't just have it off with each other because they're being, they're following the rules of society. Yeah. But, you know, they could have. I'm, I'm kind they of explaining it on one level, yeah. but on another level, well, really. I mean, especially considering Anthony sleeps with the various women anyway. That's where you get the butt shots. Where he's, mm. you know, after his post-coital Anthony wandering around naked has happened more than more than once or twice anyway. So yeah, I mean, they could have they could they could have worked out a way to sort sort it out. Yeah, right. Oh my God, wow. talk about this for hours. Yeah, we could, uh, and indeed have been. And indeed have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have I been watching? Well, I've been watching something I can't talk about, and I've been watching Moon Knight, which I also can't talk about uh, because it's embargoed. Um, <laughs> hey, can that can that be it now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll save it for the spoiler special. It, we will be doing a Moon Knight spoiler special, which will be dropping on Wednesday. So if you cannot wait, then then listen to that, uh, which will be fun. What I have finished though is Peacemaker, which I watched the entire thing of and loved every fucking minute of. It is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's hilarious. It's joyous. It's surprisingly poignant at times and quite yeah. heartfelt. It's just, I. it's so good. It still doesn't have any right to be as good as it is. <laughs> but I really, really, really enjoyed it. I really did. I did try. I did try to do the title sequence at the, I went did to you? <laughs> at another <laughs> wedding. Um on Saturday, I did. I did manage to get to um, not very far, but the the sort of he does a sort of wave his arms above yep. his head, and then he goes. He does a slightly sort of, and then he kind of thrusts his hips a yep. few times, and then a few other characters come in and they're doing sort of a sidewalk. So I got about that far, and then you I you didn't get to the big lift at the end. No, I didn't Judo get Master. to Eagly Jazz Hands. Oh. Um, that would have been great. It's so good. I had that song stuck in my head all week. I really did. Uh, it's just such a good show. I do implore those of you who haven't seen it to watch it. And a few people are saying, oh, I didn't really like the suicide. Honestly, neither did I. You don't need to. Oh, I haven't seen the suicide. It doesn't matter. You don't need to have seen it. Just, you know, peacemaker, go for it. It's, uh, it's well worth your time. Right. Okay. That is what we've been watching and what we, anything else you finished just, you know, while I'm here? No, Bridgerton was the one I finished. Okay, fine. Right. We covered that as well. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have a listener question. Uh, this week because I didn't get around to asking for one and I couldn't find one I liked. So, um, Boyd suggested a talking point mm. in lieu of a listener question. Uh, I thought it was a good talking point. What was you? it? Remind me. Oh, yes, uh, yes, I remember what it was. You were like... It, <laughs> So, so a a number of limited series yes. got extended or ordered for a second season this week to the point where it was almost a running joke, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? Four distinct. Yeah, they all announced them all at the same time. Yeah, four yeah. distinct standalone limited series. Well, that's right. So the series are the tourists. Yeah, 
the responder, yeah. Vigil, and Time. Now, I would say the responder could always, always, could always have been a returning series, at hundred percent. Like that's just you know that if you watched it, you know that was the Martin Freeman as yes. the yes. as the police working at night, and that can be that can go on for years. Mm. Sure, it was definitely not. But I would say the others. I mean, particularly Time is the one that's the most surprising, I think. Time yeah. was a three-parter. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it was entered into the equivalent of limited series in mm. various awards things. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'd have to double-check that. But certainly... And The Tourist, again, definitely had a, like, full-ending res- resolution, as far as I can remember. Well, it had sort of an open-ending, but that's what I quite liked uh, okay. about is it. it semi-open? Okay, maybe. Okay. Well, it, I mean, we, we won't spoil, but no. whether it... Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I, I forget these things because my brain is a is a is a sieve. But yeah, <laughs> but certainly, I think it's safe to say you wouldn't have batted an eyelid if you'd never have saw the tourist vigil or time again. If you had never been a second, do you reckon she's going to end up on another submarine in vigil season well, that, two? That's a good question. <laughs> that is a really good question. And sure enough, like. This has been a theme a lot for a lot of TV critics, particularly in in this, and and people who are interested in TV is that um, you know we of, people often complain, I think, wrongly or misguidedly, when a series that feels like it completely did have a beginning, middle, end, and could have been and should have been limited, then gets extended and then gets another series or more. And people find that quite annoying, yeah. and they assume that something like that funny, like they that have to somehow like find and the, the same shit happened to the same officer yeah. twice, like the equivalent <laughs> of Speed Two, where it's yeah. on the fucking boat, or any of the diehards. It's <laughs> right. like what the fuck. But my feeling is always is, oh, pretty much always actually, is it doesn't bother me because you have to you have to wait to see what they do do. And yeah. I think if a sh- all these shows are really good, I like them all, I th- and particularly the Responder was fantastic. And I say I have no that that, that completely makes sense to me the others I feel it's going to end up being slightly more contrived how they manage to worm their work maybe, maybe less with the well, tourists having said something that, like so. Vigil like it, it's all about sort of like it's almost like a, an out of your element type thing it's like you're taking a police officer with claustrophobia and a fear of being underwater and putting her on a submarine you know and, yeah. and that that discord is is the, the crux of it so I guess what they're either thinking is either they're just going to go who gives a shit stick her on another submarine seems unlikely or they're going to say do you know what her and her relationship were actually one of the most compelling parts of this series so actually we can shed all the livery of the submarine and whatnot and we can put her in a different situation and we think she is strong enough that that um Rose Leslie and Saran Jones as a as a as a couple as well that yeah. they can carry a story on dry land without a submarine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, do you know what? I'd really like to see that because I think their relationship and the unfolding of that that was one of the most compelling parts of that show. So you know, even without all the submarine stuff, which let's be honest was brilliant, but even without all the submarine mm. stuff, I'd, I'd be here for it. Yeah, I mean. I don't like stressy storytelling too much. I'm not thrilled about this announcement, honestly. Um, but I I would gladly walk around in the world of the tourist again. I really mm. enjoyed that whole world that oh, was yeah, set up. And same. I think Danielle McDonald was a really... I mean, they've said that Jamie Donnan's coming back, so I guess... It's not an open-ended. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I do like thought yeah. it might be. Uh, yeah. So he is coming back. Uh, but I I loved the characters enough that I feel like there's more mileage in them, and I would gladly see them again plus you know there was a big fucking dark twist at the end of the tourist which really changed everything never got that far um, no and uh, let's be honest <laughs> you never will but uh, it yes, was, you're right, there was kind yeah. of fact like it was a real gut punch yeah. Um, yeah. so I would be super I feel like tonally this might go into some really interesting places this time yeah you're thinking about it, you're absolutely right the, the ending was a, like a kind of a kind of like a rug pull and a like well what happens next kind yeah. of so in fact I was completely wrong about the fact that it seems weird to continue that story because yeah did either of you finish Wolf Like Me? 
Oh, I keep meaning to. No. I really do. I really do. I genuinely do keep meaning to. Fools. I will. I will, yeah. But you know what reminded me, reading the story, the other thing that the story reminded me of is, is that we're still waiting for Bodyguard series two. That is true. <laughs> and honestly, that's one where, I mean, he's a professional fucking bodyguard, so it's not like hard for him to find another no, client. So that I should mean, be a really easy one. <laughs> completely. And there's still, it, it shows you the unique world of Jed Mercurio that <laughs> that must have been announced, you know, yeah. like fucking years ago. Yeah. I don't know if they've even confirmed that there would be a second series or just... And it's definitely confirmed whether there's going to be another series of Line of Duty. Yeah. He did that event recently for charity I with the whole just, gang of them in Scotland. He just does what he wants when he, he wants, does doesn't he? Wants. He? It's so yeah. brilliant that he does that, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's amusing that all of these... I mean, but fine. You know, they're all great yeah. shows. But going back to our original quote-unquote question mm. or talking point, whatever you yes. want to call it, like, I'm... <sighs> Because Flight Attendant's another one, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's right, a limited that's a good series. Oh, Kelly Coco's really good. Let's yeah. have another series. I don't know that I necessarily hate that. Now, like, because so, it's, it's, it's just breaking through the barriers of what something is doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Like, I may or may not have recently seen a spin-off of an established show, which changes the formula. <laughs> Bosh. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but it, which has changed what it is and continued beyond where it would have ended. But that doesn't necessarily, without breaking any kind of embargoes or even admitting that I've seen it, that doesn't make it bad. You know, it's it's just, it's can you do something different? Can you can you find a way to make it live outside its That original? is a funny example, because I always thought it was weird that they had this big thing dramatically about Bosch is ending, this is the final season, no more Bosch. Oh, Bosch is back in another series with yeah. Bosch. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind them. Case always. by case, man. It's case by case. Because if it opens up the opportunity for some really exciting casting, then that's great, which is what I feel like the flight attendant is. Because it is Sharon Stone, isn't it, in Flight Attendant Season 2? Or have I completely made that up? Have you, I completely made no, that up? No, I think you made it up. I'm, 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 yeah, probably. I should just, re literally my laptop's in front of me. Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon Stone. I think you're right. Uh, flight attendant. And me, Martin, I really love. And they're joining as well for this. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Mae Martin's in it. Fantastic. Yes. So that's what I mean. I think case by case, but yeah. what will draw me back above anything really, unless it's something like Mare of Easttown where I'm just, again, completely immersed in that world, will be some really super exciting casting, um, which oh, Sharon Stone and Mae Martin. There will definitely be another season of Mare of yeah, Easttown. They be, cannot, there yeah. some, there some, that, that's the bottom line. Isn't it? There, there are some shows that are too good and too successful and too award-winning to not bring them back unless yeah. like literally you killed the entire cast at the end of the, <laughs> at the, at the end of, and sometimes they even go find out work away extracting <laughs> for themselves from that um, but the, yeah there has to be another series of Maravista there had to be another series of um, of the hotel one I've got the name of Night Manager no the White Lotus are they still doing Night Manager season 2 Again, that's a very good question. Because how many knows? years has Who it the been? Who fuck knows? Yeah, that that was a that was a really good example because yeah, only one because the problem with that was John Le Carre. I think I remember thinking that when they're going to try and get John Le Carre to do another novel with those characters, and he died, of course, yeah. tragically. So that may have put an end to that. I don't know. That's a very good question. But that was that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Mm. Well, there we go. There we go. See, I told you it was fascinating. <laughs> there we go. We have discussed <laughs> this question. <laughs> if you have a question for us, an actual question, a real question that doesn't come from Boyd, then feel free to send it to us at Pilot TV Pod. Uh, and I will attempt to actually look at them in subsequent weeks as opposed to what I did this week. Time now for this week's guest. Now, we didn't know that we were going to have a guest 
on this week's show, let alone two. And yet at the last minute, we had a little knock at the door on the Pilot TV podcast and two wonderful guests turned up to come and see us. Now, Jack Loudon, you will, of course, know from the likes of Small Axe, Fighting With My Family, The Long Song, Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh, my God. Dunkirk. Loads of stuff. Uh, he dropped by to talk slow horses, but that's not all. He was joined by his co-star, the absolutely legendary Mr. Gary Oldman, star of so many things that I won't even begin to list now because you know who Gary Oldman is. Amon Warman spoke to both Gary and Jack about Slow Horses, which airs on Apple TV Plus on Friday. And you will hear a bit more about that show a little later on. But in the meantime, here is the interview. Jack Loudon, Gary Oldman versus Amon. Uh, we are delighted to be joined on the Pilot TV podcast by two of the stars of Slow Horses, Mr. Gary Oldman and Mr. Jack Loudon. How are you guys? Great. Yeah, we're doing, doing well. It's our first day. It's our first day out doing this. I, I, shall, I shall try and sort of, you know, have a start as you go on interview then. <laughs> uh, but first of all, congratulations on the show. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Gary, I'm going to start with you. The first time we see Jackson Lamb, he wakes up in his office, he farts, he lights a cigarette, he has a massive cough, and then he yells his, ass his assistant's name at the top of his lungs. Yeah. Why does this rank on your list of greatest character introductions in your career? <laughs> It's, yeah, it's a pretty good, um, yeah, it's actually the fart that wakes him up. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, it, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Or the, yeah, he, uh, yeah, it, 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 you know, it's weird, you pick up on it. This is, this is how it came about. We, uh, uh, early, early screenings, some people are a little confused where it opens with this bond opening this sort of jason bourne thing at the airport with my my friend here running 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 around beating people up and leaping over stuff like a like a crazy person and then it cuts to slough house and some people were um a little confused because it shifts so seismically from one to the other and they were some people were saying uh, uh where are we now oh we thought we were watching one show and now we're watching this show and um and so it really came about after we had after we had shot um the the the, the first six um that we were all kind of putting our heads together thinking well you know jackson very much embodies the tone of the show and uh what 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 do we need at the top that follows this sequence that will let the audience know the tone of the show and hey this is not quite what you expect and you and you can laugh and it was just off the top of my head i said well why doesn't he i said we have that sofa that couch that he lays on i said why well, you know he doesn't know he's one of these people he's not always going to go home he's going to sleep in the office and i just said what well, you know if if he's sleeping on the couch and he wakes up and he farts that'll you know that tells you right there what kind of world you're in and and we tried we and and it and it and it worked and it and it just so turns out that it is a great it's how you meet someone it's a it's a very good it's an interesting introduction isn't it yeah i don't think you can get any better than that <laughs> it's oh. a hell of a first impression 
for sure. <laughs> uh, Jack, <laughs> spy stuff in movies and in some TV shows almost always looks cool, but this is more about the boring parts of espionage. And from the outside looking in, there's a lot about acting that looks cool. What is a boring but nonetheless super important part of acting that you had to do while playing as well? Yeah, it's a very good point, actually. It, it, you know, we are in a very privileged job and it's great what we get to do, but there are parts of it that are very boring because of the, if the magnitude of, 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 of these things that we put together, you know, it, it's, it's, there's so many moving parts. So as the actor, you are just one of those parts. So there is a lot of boredom at times. Um, specifically on this stuff that was boring, nothing, nothing was boring. It was, um, it's just the usual things of having to wait for certain, you know, for a light to be the right way or a mic to be the right way because you don't get to do you know everybody on a film set does their job for a bit or uh, and then someone else does their job so i think anybody that doesn't get to do their job all day would kind of feel like that but um but it did move it moved very it did yeah. move quick this it wasn't you know because it, it is like a film this it kind of looks like a film a six-hour film but it still moved at the pace of of high-end tv the production of it certainly did but um, no, it wasn't. It, there, there was always something, and like Gary's always, I, I'm either hanging out with Gary on set, or Kristen Scott Thomas, or Jonathan Price. So you know, if you're getting bored with that, then you're really you're doing something wrong. <laughs> and a man is bored with Jonathan Price. Yeah, a man is bored with life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good saying. Um, the dynamic between your two characters seems to flip between various levels of disdain, but there is some subtle mutual respect there. What sorts of conversations did you guys have with each other about building that relationship? It was all... I think the work in that sense was all quite accidental. We, when we were rehearsing or when we had a little break in shooting, you, you discover these, as you, as you go along, um, you don't necessarily preconceive what, what you're going to do, but we'd, we'd be in a scene and we'd be rehearsing a scene and then we would chat, wouldn't we? And say, actually, that was quite interesting because there's this dynamic and you discover you 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 discover those things as you as you go along they're not always um th those very s subtle nuances that you're talking about those subtle dynamics are not always readily available in the script i think it's the doing of it isn't it mm -hmm. and it's the playing of it mm -hmm where you could deliver a line um, and it's cynical or sarcastic or whatever, but, but there's, a, there's another intention there. You go, you know, he's really giving you hell today, but it's tough love because really underneath it, he does respect you and he does like you. And you, you, you can only really discover those things in the, in the playing of it, of um, being in the room. There's, it, there's, so much you, there's only so much you can do in your in your, it, 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 the work at home and a lot of the work is that's where it's done i call it kitchen acting you know you do it in the kitchen but when you get to the set i do mine in this I, i'm i'm more i do it in the shower do you a shower you, oh I, see in what, the shower you run your lines oh, i'm a phenomenal actor in the shower <laughs> one of the best um it's a shame nothing's ever shot in there but i'm really good in the shower stand like that stand like that close to the shower wall Oh, and you get the voice. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do it in the shower. Um, I do it in the kitchen. the kitchen. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> different, isn't it? You know, would you do it with the fridge? 
No, not with the fridge. No. No, I, I use the room. I, I pace. Yeah. You know. Actually, yeah. I, I, I'm in a very small area, so that actually explains a lot. Maybe it should be a bigger area, like yeah. the bathroom in general. Yeah. We'll yeah. get a bigger shower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get some interesting insights a into shower, your process of shower thing. actor. I'm a shower actor. I never knew that. I, I'm learning this right the, now. There are more. <laughs> this is brand new information. Really? Yeah, don't be afraid to come forward if you're a shower actor. <laughs> if you're a shower actor, call this number. Call this hotline. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure we get some calls in. Uh, Gary, <laughs> final question for you. You played another old school spy a little over a decade ago now. I think his name was George Smiley. You may remember him. I do remember. <laughs> yeah. If Jackson Lamb and George Smiley met, question one, do you think they'd get along? Question two, what would they talk about? And most importantly, question three, how long would it take for Lamb to break wind? Um... <laughs> Would they get on? Would they? No. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they'd get on. I think Smiley would. Yeah. The the the, the, the they they share um, the the brain. You know, they they're both they're they're very intuitive, very smart uh, agents. But in terms of wanting to be around Jackson, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, Smiley barely tolerated uh, Ricky Tarr of just being in a room with him. Um, I don't know, Smiley wouldn't, I, wouldn't want anything to do I don't think Jackson. if they had to be in the same room, yeah. I don't think they'd say anything. I think Jackson Lamb would just eat a bag of crisps, wouldn't he? Yes. And keep offering them a Smiley. Do you know what I'm? He would just, yeah, uh, I think that's how it would go. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, it's it the approach of um the approach of them. I saw Smiley as an owl, um, very still, all seeing. You know, those big glasses were like eyes of an owl, and Smiley turns very slowly, but see, but sees everything. Jackson is um, what is Jackson's like a hyena? You know, it's what is he? He's like a sort of what animal would he be? Uh, Come on, you went to drama school. You know all about. This. Oh yes, what would I uh, you know, Well, my, my, mine was a mine was an Indian runner duck. That's what I used for for Cartwright. Uh, you know where they sort of run at an angle. Anyway, to answer your question, yeah, Smiley and Jack, Jackson Lamb is not a is. is but no, you'd have to you'd have to watch it on pay per view, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I absolutely would. Gary Oldman, Jack Brandon, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Right, shall we have a look at this week's news? What has been happening in the world of news? Let's find out. Uh, Beth, give me some news. Uh, big one for this side of the table, as always, because oh we are getting more. And just like yeah, that, I, uh... and just like that again. Oh, <laughs> must we though? Must as if it has any impact on your day-to-day -day life. As if it has I mean, anything to do. Yeah. All you have to do is is sit down and listen to us. You won't even listen to us when we're talking about it every ten minutes. No, exactly. Every yeah. every. But you, you, time. I'm sure you both conceded. It's just nonsense. It got no. better again. We Boy, what is the name? What kind of have ferret you... is this? It's like a figure of eight ferret you've done at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's a, it's a reverse slowback reverse. <laughs> Around <laughs> yeah. But I'm not the only one. Terry White. Terry yeah. White. We had yeah, Terry White I on. Yeah. Where she said she wrote.
wrote the devastatingly, re- devastatingly, yeah. devastating review in Empire Magazine, which I totally agree with. Yep. But yep. then did a semi-quasi reverse ferret because there are episodes that were really good. Yeah. And there were moments within episodes that were really good. Yeah. I just hope his. I mean, you know. <laughs> Especially like thinking that they even listen to me. But if I was in charge, I'd just be like, can you just all calm down a bit about the whole politically correct, you know, thing and worrying yeah. about being, worrying about the youngsters and their yeah. beliefs and their political correctness and their wokeness. I hate that we that Okay, word. okay. But while, while you're saying this, I feel compelled at this point because you have brought that point up to say that when we are saying that, when you are saying that and when we reviewed this show, we were not ourselves having a go at political correctness no, slash wokeness. The opposite. What we were having a go, because one of our listeners gave us a one-star review based on this exact yeah, point. Sorry, yes. What we were actually having so a go at was the way up. the show tackled yes. the yes. idea of that, because yes. they were trying to crowbar all of these issues in, and I thought doing it in a very ham-fisted way. So we were not, you know, throwing shade at liberal politics like, we were just the exactly. way they were tackling it exactly yeah, it that's... was like it was something to be scared of and that if you're over 50 you automatically have no concept of what's going Quite. on in the yes. world of, exactly. you know, of what people think what people say and do and think it was just it was just bizarre how yeah. obsessed yeah. it obsessed and, and they took this idea that for example like that Sex and City went off the air all of these women went into fucking cryogenic suspension <laughs> and then came back in 2021 and were suddenly like what the fuck is coming on we're all being cancelled and it was just like it just felt so out of touch yeah. And that's what annoyed me. And it felt like they thought, let's get every conceivable issue that might be vaguely controversial and stick it in the show and let's deal with it in a really right, that's stupid what, way. That's what I mean by just calm down about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It should calm be more down. organic and a little bit more sort of like subtle. Boyd's phone is ringing. Who is it? Come it's, on, Boyd. No, no Who, is it? It's an, it's Who is it? Who is it? I don't know. Tell us. Is it Ricky Gervais? Who is it? <laughs> it's probably GB News because for some reason... <laughs> Why the fuck would it be GB News? <laughs> well, I'll tell you because every now and then they ask me to go on GB News and I'm like, no. Of not. They still, like, you know... They'll, Speaking yeah. of hating political correctness... <laughs> Wow. So all of these things I just said to defend you on this podcast, Boyd, you've totally just undone. No, because GB I would never News go on. correspondent no. Boyd Hilton. James, I've never been on GB News and I will never go on GB News. That's my point. But they don't oh stop asking me. They oh, ask yeah. me fairly That's regularly. It. They ask you to come on and talk about unjust like this. All these horrible woke people. <laughs> they, they are, they're clearly so fucking desperate to get anyone on who talk about anything to do with like public culture. Even that they, they ask me fairly regularly. But yeah, no, I won't never do. I'm mean, being quite, quite um, Oh, his phone's ringing again. Is it Nigel? Is it Nigel? I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> he does the booking. I love the idea of Nigel Farage going, um, who do we need to talk about? Uh, probably Bridgerton. Yeah. I know. Let's get that That's fucking it. Bald Hilton track on. <laughs> <laughs> oh god right anyway oh, <laughs> enough of Boyd's latent <laughs> fascism <laughs> let's, yeah. let's move on oh some exciting <laughs> casting news actually um, in that Christina Ricci yes. aka Missy herself is going to join Tim Burton's Netflix Adams Family yeah perfect the original Wednesday yeah. Adams yeah. Will they be better Wednesday. do it right they better do it right um, she's so good as Wednesday Adams. I'm not a yeah. big fan of Adams Family. Adams Family values though. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. She's very, very good man. She um yeah, that's really And exciting. she was brilliant in um Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. Thank you. So it's a horrible brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um so I'm very excited about that. Very excited indeed. Um, Christopher Lloyd in Mando 3 yeah. that's really exciting we don't know who he's playing no I can see him in kind of an Amy Sedaris type role yeah I sort think of so. a, a clunky mechanical not mechanical but mechanic 
It's exciting. Yeah. What, like Amy Sedaris, like having like group sex with Jawas, that kind of role. That's it wasn't group sex with Jawas, it was a date with Jawas, and I'm so upset. <laughs> that was the biggest blow of Boba Fett, is that we didn't see Amy Sedaris on a date with a Jawa. Uh, yeah. So funny. Wasn't it not group sex? I just, I think I spent too much time with Chris Hewitt. In my head, that's now canon that she has group sex with Jawas. That's the thing. Right, she just went on a date with one. Fair enough. Shows you how your mind's been warped. It has. It's been warped by Chris. I just assumed that was just that was a fact. It was just like Mm. a cute throwaway line that's now been completely settled. Right. Right. Okay. Um, Announced today. Did you see the Sean Horgan show? I've seen a a, a still floating around Mm. that looks very exciting. Sean Horgan's done a series for Apple um, called Bad Sisters, in which she's going to star with Anne Marie Duff, Eva Berthistle, Sarah Green, and Eve Hewson. Cool. As the Garvey sisters, um, along with Clash Bang from Dracula, Brian Gleeson from everything, uh, <laughs> and others. Um, it follows the life of the Garvey sisters, bound together by the premature death of their parents and a promise to always protect one another. Ten episodes, I mean, just, you know, I'm here for Sean Ogwin's next Oh, 100%. 100%. Boy, are you friends with Rory Kinnear? I've interviewed him a couple of times. I was about to say, he feels like someone who might be one of your celebrity yeah. friends. He, I've met him, I've spoken to him quite a lot, yeah. Okay, because... not a friend, he's not a friend. Okay, because the trailer for Men oh, obviously bloated this week, which I is a know. film, it's not TV, we shouldn't really yeah. be talking about it, but Rory Kinnear plays everyone in the film. Yeah. I mean, it's so, not like you don't talk about TV all the time on The Empire Podcast, that's fair. let's be fair. That, fair. I, that trailer, I've been two months about that trailer because I, I love the fact that Rory Kinnear plays yeah. all, the, yeah. all the men, yeah. is fantastic and amazing, but it feels like giving, it was giving too much away. Don't you think? I feel like the whole film was given away in that to trailer. To be honest, I was hoping that we, we really have just gone off the cards <laughs> I was hoping that there is more to the film than what we saw in the trailer yeah. because mm. I'm just getting just a little bit sick of watching women not being believed and that being the premise of the whole fucking yes. film yeah. and it's just like oh, oh looking forward to Gaslit when that arrives then I <laughs> is, there, is there actually a, a thing yeah that? yeah it's the Watergate one which is with Julia Roberts do you know, like, oh, cool, we're not believed. I really needed to watch, like, a, a two-hour <laughs> film telling yeah. me that in a, in a genre framework. Like, I just, I need, I need something else. Like, yeah, I need something else. I trust Alex Garland. I do trust him. And I obviously loved the Natalie Portman film that was so great. I can't remember the title of it. With the big scary bear and the uh, annihilation. annihilation, annihilation. Yeah. Oh, I it's genuinely didn't know what you were it's talking a very about. Very title to forget. <laughs> no, I mean obviously I can't remember any titles or names no. of anything. Yeah. But annihilation is an easy title to forget. I didn't yeah. love I annihilation. It. Oh, I loved it. No, I, I loved it. it. I thought it was Fucking a super it. interesting. I've, I've loved everything he's ever done. I think he's yeah. great. I think, but cinematically, also, also TV wise, Dread in particular. I think he Dread, Dread was a brilliant masterpiece. Dread was brilliant. Anyway, the credits. Dread is one of the great. Absolutely superb. Absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I'm completely here for that film. Yeah, um, but as they say, film. But it's a film. Yeah. Ultimately, any other film? What's your excuse? What's your excuse for us talking about that? I don't even remember. Oh, Rory, Rory Kinnear, because yeah, he's Rory like Kinnear. a TV star. I, no, I just assumed that, that oh. if your phone was going to call, right. maybe it, it would be him, and we could ask him, him about it. Like it wasn't know. him on the okay. other end of the phone. Fine, I can confirm. Fine. Yeah. Does, does Nigel have any opinions on on him on men that Not we could know? Okay, I don't know Nigel at all. Let me just make that clear. Nigel. What else is happening in TV news? A Plague Tale: Innocence is being adapted into a TV series. This is a video game, people. Uh, but it largely involves being eaten by rats. So uh, it's interesting oh, one. I have played this game. It involves uh, uh, a girl sort of like trying to save her brother from inquisitors and whatnot and then lots of rats could take place in plague time. So you spend a lot of time trying to, to like use fire to keep the rats away so you don't get eaten by rats. That's a TV show. 
It is going to be a TV show, yes. Okay. That's right. Uh, so that's, that's There was a funny story this week that, that was in instantly a, like a not true news story. Did you see the rumours that... Um, that uh, <laughs> you lo Hugh Grant yeah. was going to be the new Doctor Who? Oh, yeah, I did. I mean, I did you. not see that. That was actually reported in newspapers, right? In proper newspapers. I mean, say proper in newspapers. And But then... Then he went. He went instantly on, on Twitter to say, "No, I don't know where this story came from. I'm not going to be Doctor, <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Who." I was like, "As if like, there is just no chance." I mean, he was in an Englishman, and uh, uh, a very British or English again? Which one was which? I can't remember. English, English, more British. Was it? I, I think, think it might be British. Actually. Are you sure? Yeah, because British uh, was, was in Parliament. No, and... the British was the newer one. English was the first uh, one, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a very English scandal, <laughs> then a very British scandal. Right. Uh, anyway. Obviously, Russell Jewish wrote that, and he was in it. Hugh Grant was in it, and everything. So I think maybe being put two and two together, but Russell Jewish is going to bring someone new and yeah. fresh and vigorous yeah. and blah 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 to this thing. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But um, yeah, that was that was a. I would have double checked that news story. Yeah, so would <laughs> yeah, I. Frankly, so would I. Um, yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, True Detective is coming back. Oh, yeah. How do we feel about that? Well, with Barry... Um, oh, with that Barry cast. Jenkins. Yeah, mm. definitely. And, and direct, Fantastic. yeah. Did yeah. you watch... So season two obviously was a disaster. Uh, did you watch season three? Yeah. Because we actually... Well, I said, did you watch? We reviewed it on this podcast. We did. But I didn't press on with it. I did. I finished it. It was really good. I thought season three was really good. There was probably... Too, it was too long. I mean, there's, you know... As, as, things, as we've discussed. Beth checked out after 42 minutes. Yeah, so. it really was too long because it got quite... <laughs> there were a couple of episodes that felt where it was treading water a lot. But it, 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 I really like the um, the finale of it, I remember. Okay. And the whole mood of it and the cast was great. Series three. Series two, I, I liked elements of series two, controversially. It was completely nothing to do with True Detective. It was like... Just yeah. like it was nothing. It was a completely different show. Yeah. 100%. But... I quite, it was interesting. There were interesting elements of it. All right. Well, I think that is it for this week's news. Let's move on to this week's reviews. And first off, this week we have Slow Horses. This is Apple's six part adaptation of the novel by Mick Heron, which sees Gary Oldman as Jackson Lamb, the head of Slough House, where once promising MI5 operatives go to die. Uh, Jack Loudon plays River Cartwright, a disgraced agent sent to purgatory under Lamb's command until a genuine emergency galvanizes the Slough House crew into action. Beth, is this horse, slow or otherwise, a horse you would bet on? <laughs> uh, nay. No, I'm joking. That was just uh, just a pun that came to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I it was pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all for a, a kind of remote purgatory operation in Slough. I'm yeah. sure there's probably a Swindon uh, twin <laughs> operation going on there somewhere. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not usually for like thrillers. Not really my my real kind of go-to. What is your go-to, Beth? Like, what is your go-to Well, we're going to get to that later on in the oh, show. Oh, okay, fine. Oh. Well, then let's, let's, let's wait for that. Quite Go on, obviously. carry on. Um, but... I found this really interesting. I really love... I mean, Gary Oldman... Gary Oldman's got Gary Oldman. He's fell safe, foolproof. It's fucking Gary Oldman. It's fucking Gary yeah. Oldman. Do you know what I mean? And he's gone for... I really don't want you to see the voice again, but he, he does err on the side of Oscar. Oscar. He does a little bit no. of Oscar no. Isaac. Bit horrible. of Moon Knight. Horrible, horrible. horrible. Can't tell don't the difference. No, don't, don't encourage no. him. Are you, don't listen to the spoiler special. I'll be doing this all the way I through. I won't be able to. Uh, yeah, no, this is no. really... Well, because it's behind the paywall. Well, you'll be doing it. No, I'm, no I'm, frankly, I have my own... Uh, I am allowed to listen to the special. <laughs> but you and Chris doing it together. Oh, yeah. Please. Oh. 
Yeah. Also, because yeah. you listen to the podcast while you go to sleep, it literally will yeah. blur the line between your yeah. waking uh, life yeah. and dreams. Horrible. Stop it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Carry on, uh, Beth. Oh, God. But yes, no, I think this is a really delicious role for Gary Oldman. Like, just greasy head, like, straining belt, leaning back in his chair. Every other word is fuck a bugger and this and that. Um, really... Um, fun and he seems to be having a lot of fun with it I haven't seen him have sort of fun of this kind of I mean since maybe Leon oh, one of my all time favourite films yes <laughs> everyone <laughs> so yeah he's he's very much hamming it up as, uh, as Jackson Lamb um, who is yeah this kind of never sitting forward in a shit always about feet always on the table don't give a shit but obviously he is incredibly good at what he does um, I've only seen the first episode, so I'm not too sure what happens next. It's all about setting up. This is one completely committed to setting up. So it starts with uh, Jack Loudon as as River. I love Jack Loudon. Can we talk about the beginning? Like, like fuck me. Like, <laughs> I was like, going to, yeah, actually. Yes, thank you. I, so I thought you were moving that. on. I thought you were moving on. So, yeah, go on, go on. Like, because the, the well, beginning is I was literally just saying how, how fucking great Jack Loudon is. And then I was going to use like, the opening well, sequence you know, to stress Stop dawdling, then get on with it. Oh, my God. Jesus wow. Christ. Jack Loudon. Great. Established in this first episode, as you've said, he, he really buggers this one up, doesn't he? So he's doing this um, this training mission at an airport. He and, really buggers uh, this one up. Oh, such a brilliant phrase. <laughs> he really does bugger this one up. Um, and he, yeah, he's tasked with um, bringing down a suspected terrorist and they get a case of mistaken identity. And he is, he is. I've not really seen him in a big action role. He does a lot of period mm. dramas, doesn't he? He's in Benediction that's coming out in May and he's played Morrissey. Bless him. Um, but with this <laughs> terrible <it's>, film. <laughs> he did his best in the Morrissey film best, without yeah. any without any Morrissey songs. Yes. Um, but with this, he's he's tasked with some high action stuff from the get-go. So he's having to kind of just career through this airport after he's he's well and truly buggered it up. Um and then yeah, it gets kind of relegated to under Jackson Lamb's um command in this horrible little grotty sort of alley entrance office which is really funny um but he gets to play off of olivia cook quite a lot now i really love olivia cook i think she is such a she hasn't really had a lot of central parts she's obviously going to be in house of dragons which is going to be incredible but she's she's usually love interest secondary characters sort of thing um in a lot of stuff really loved her in sound of metal but here she gets to be her own kind of agent she gets to sort of do this kind of klutzy double hand thing where she you know steals usbs and things and she's doing all that and the two of them together bouncing off each other as these two kind of rookie agents working under him are really fun and interesting and that's a really nice dynamic and you know i just like people i can back and get along with and those two are really mm. really great um Kristen scott thomas is there being a mature a mature woman in government um <laughs> So, you know, pursed lips and just looking really stressed all the time. <laughs> um, hope she gets to kind of let loose a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to watch more of it. I think because, again, it's one of those those episodes where it's like completely devoted to just establishing mm. 
what else is going to happen in the series? So only we, six parts, Beth. Only six parts. It is only six parts. Six hours. Six hours. But still, it is six still. hours. Yes. <laughs> but but it feels like something that is going to be really meaty that you're yeah. going to be able to really sink your teeth into. And I'm a bit like bored like this. Like this, this, this is kind of a li- there's a bit of catnip for me here. Like just I got quite excited with the thought of just immersing myself in this story. Mm-hmm. And I love I love anything to do with my five. Like I oh, spooks, I devoured spooks. But this, which is like so, I like the idea of them being the sort of the misfits kind of cast out I mean honestly he gets up to shit in the first episode we should have him fired within or arrested within five minutes so he does push the bounds of like professional conduct credulity (laughs) but uh, yeah it's great he's really good Gary Oldman is having the best time imaginable in that role Um, Olivia Cook is fantastic as well Um, yeah it's it's really good it's really good but again and this is the thing like with Apple shows we had this with Pachinko last week I do feel like I'm shilling for Apple sometimes but genuinely the quality of their shows there is a feeling Mm. of just like the cinematic quality that all of their shows have it just radiates money and time and expertise they're beautifully shot Mm. they just they feel so precisely made like they might not have the prolific output of like a Netflix but and not all their stuff lands but and we've said this many times the fact that they swing for the fences and the fact that they do stuff and they just do it they do it a hundred percent. I love that about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There is a meticulousness mm. to the craft of their show. An absolute craft. And it look, yeah. all of them look yeah, like films. Right. And I hate, true, I yeah. hate saying that because I hate in any way even giving the impression that I think that film is some kind of fucking higher art form, which I absolutely do not subscribe mm. to as well. However, know film mean, tends yeah. to have a lot more money behind yeah. it. And these shows feel... Well, the first scene, the, the big well, yeah, set piece, yeah, this, actually, this airport yeah. set, set piece is is like it's yeah. as good as if it's in a James Bond film yeah. you know yeah. or, or whatever um, it is magnificent it's, it's fantastically well shot which makes this little twist of it even funnier and better yeah. and cleverer um, than you think and I think I mean I said when, when we, we talked about the trailer when it came out in the, in the news section of this very podcast mm. and I was like this is absolutely my way so I love this kind of stuff it's like it's like because obviously he played, you know, in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, he played George Smiley, who yep. is the most dignified mm. agent in, in, in literary history. Yeah. He is the complete opposite, and yeah. I love yeah. that casting. That's no accident. They no. definitely have gone right. You did that. You did that incredibly dignified character. Now this fucking slob. Yeah, who, I love it. But he bangs on the floor. Yeah. It's his equivalent of calling someone yeah. up to get them to come for a meeting with him. He bangs on the floor, and then they have to go up and see yeah. him and deal with him. He, as you say, he's Effin and Jeffin on a literally sentence-by-sentence basis. He's brilliantly... He's loving it, as you say. Um, They're actually... Of course, because I reviewed it for Empire, I had to watch the whole thing. It was a complete pleasure from start to finish. But um, Christian Scott Thomas does have a fantastic one-on-one with him in episode two or three. They're right. on a bench in Camden <laughs> by Camden Lock. <laughs> right by places. the office, yeah. Uh, fant- so I was like, oh, that's, Cam- that's just outside my office. And the two of them just sit there having it out and it is fucking brilliant. Oh, it's God. brilliantly written. There's these two veteran legends of acting having a go at each other. Is really, and it's in, it completely lives up mm. to that, what, everything you'd want from that. And that's why I think the brilliant thing about this show is that you know, you, I'm excited about the Gary Oldman, Kristen Scott Thomas, and everyone else is in this show, and Jack Loudon and Olivia yeah. Cook. I'm excited by the premise of it, but it delivers on that. Yeah. And the, the storyline is really interesting that they've kidnapped the kidnapping of a young Muslim guy by far right groups. Yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Um, and just the whole thing. It, 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 I, I absolutely Jonathan it. Price. Jonathan Price, yeah, yeah is the dad of, of Jack Loudon. Because there's the idea that Jack Loudon is not only a privileged young white guy who's mm. been over promoted, and then it's also that his dad yeah. was 
a veteran. He's a legacy. Well, his granddad, I think it's his granddad. Granddad, yeah. right, you're right. Yeah. His granddad, you're right. Um, so it's also incredibly got a lot in common with, uh, I only mention it because I want to point out that it's not a rip-off of it, but um, Killing Eve. Remember the first, the the opening of Killing Eve where she goes, she's taken to her new, that office, that rickety old London office with yeah. the, with the, where there's the line about the rat drinking from the can yeah. of Coke. Both hands. Quite Both extraordinary. Hands. Like, that is that world. <laughs> this is that world. This is literally like, like all these people have been gathered to work in that grotty little office. Yeah. But this was written, the original book was written years before Killing Eve was even a thing. So, um, but it's, I just love this world. Yeah. Of like, this is probably what MI5 is really oh, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the unglamorous, yeah. you know, donkey work mm. of spying and espionage. And th- it's so intrinsically authentic and believable and yet yeah, incredibly entertaining at the same time. And, and yeah, funny, like properly yeah, really funny. funny. Yeah. And there's got a brilliant theme tune. When I first saw, I saw this first episode, I was like, wait a minute, that sounds like someone, like either Mick Jagger or Rolling Stones or someone taking the piss <laughs> out of the Rolling yeah. Stones and spoofing it because it's so Mick Jagger. But it's him. It's Mick Jagger. It's Mick Jagger. And he's yeah. done it for the show. He's done it for yes, the show. With Daniel Pemberton, yep. whose soundtrack is brilliant as well. Yep. And the weird thing is, it's, Wild Horses is quite a famous um, yes. Rolling Stones song. So now we've so got Slow Horses. Like weird. Yeah, I know. But the lyrics, it's literally like, it's like a, it's like a what's like a James Bond tune in the sense that it's about the show. It's yeah. properly about the show yeah. in terms of the lyrics and the so it's all. But it's this all kind of goes back to that Apple thing, isn't it? About chucking money at things. They got Mick Jagger yeah. to write the theme tune. It's yeah. like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, very very good. Slow horses then, which arrives on Apple on the first of April. Next up this week, we have Winning Time, colon, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Uh, this one's based on Je- the Jeff Perlman book, uh, and it's Adam McKay's retelling of the LA Lakers in the 1980s when Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were on the lineup. I'm not going to insult any of you by pretending I have the first fucking clue about basketball, <laughs> so let's hand this one over to Boyd. Boyd, is this a th- three-pointer or a thing where the, <laughs> where the ball bounces off the, the square thing at the back and doesn't go in the little net? Amazing. One of them. Yes, it's one of them. Um, you say it's Adam McKay's, which is fine. I, I I think if we're being completely accurate, it's actually created by Max Borenstein and Jim Hecht, is all I would say. Um, but it, I mean, it, Adam, I've rarely th- seen things know, more Adam McKay in my life. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get yeah. to that. Adam, Adam, uh, as if I know him, um, is exec producer and he directs the first episode. Yeah. I don't think he's, I think just the first. Yeah, I'm looking at Jonah Hill directed the second. But it's that gang, his gang yeah. of like and the John style. C. Riley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't it? Gabby Hoffman, Tracy Letts. Um, it's incredibly star-studded, but it's definitely like people who've worked with him before, and um, you know, kind of. I'm sure we'll work with him again. All in this. In the, what's interesting is so this is it's a, it's a recreation of the, the how the LA Lakers in the 80s became this iconic use that tired word, but they were um, team with big huge star people who became big huge stars Magic Johnson um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar etc so I am much more I think probably um, interested in this than you would be James for example um, because I am interested that in is a low bar to clear it is low bar I'm interested <laughs> in this sport thing what I say is it's definitely got and as you're, as you're alluding to it's definitely got that Adam McKay particularly what was the political one about the deputy with Dick President? Cheney Dick Cheney yeah. what was that film called Dick 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 no. thank you was it, it wasn't Vice? called Dick it was Vice Vice it was definitely See? not called it's not Dick. just me that forgets these things. <laughs> it was Vice. That, 
yeah, it's, that's so it's, the one yeah, that is most. That. This is mm. closest to, in the sense, it's telling a true story about real people, yeah. but it's got this very mannered. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, the first scene is is um, talking. Everyone talks to camera. Yep. Everyone's you know not just one character, but everyone's joining in, chatting away to the camera. Everyone's being very glib and kind of um, self-referential. There's even the, the scene that really I was sli- I was a, you know, a bit like I said last. I was slightly irritated tonally by this, and in fact, I'm sure I'll get over with Peacemaker. My 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 issues with the tone of Peacemaker because I watched more episodes of that and it's, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, but this like I, I sometimes I do think Adam McKay edges into like oh it's slightly tiresome smugness. There is a smugness, and there as you, smugness. you know, I love a bit of smugness. Yeah, but his stuff sometimes is too smug exactly. even for me. <laughs> right, same. Yeah, so I did have that feeling, but then halfway through the first episode, now I was totally won around by a scene where they Kareem Abdul Jabbar has a cameo in Airplane. That's right, yeah. and they recreate <laughs> yeah. the making mm. of that moment in Airplane with where he's in the, he's the pilot with the little kid. Yeah, and what's it's so like oh my god, it's so postmodern and self-referential that we now showing the making of a film <laughs> one of the best films ever with this person pl- looked brilliantly cast by the way um, uh, as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Solomon Hughes with a little kid who looks exactly like the little and I, first of all I was like is, are they just showing this scene they, but no they recreate it it's brilliant and then they have a little chat where Kareem because the joke of the scene is that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is pretending he isn't who he is and the little kid's annoying the little kid and he's annoyed by the little kid and then the aftermath of the filming of the scene in this show is the kid him still being annoying yeah, to the kid that's right so I thought that I, I just loved that moment I, because, partly because I just love airplane, and, and, <laughs> and partly because I've always wondered about that scene where suddenly there's this random superstar basketball player yeah. pops up in airplane. It's so bizarre. So that kind of stuff and the kind of the tissue of it, like the recreation of this period of the eighties. I love the eighties. You know, I'm obsessed with the music. So all of that, I, I'm loving the world of it. And you know, like, but having said, I do think it's a bit feels sometimes gratuitously just smug and like there's a lot of boobage going on there's a lot of kind of you know it, it depicts women who are played by mansion mm-hmm. for example there's just one shot early on of just dozens of naked women yeah. sprawled all over sprawled the room all over yeah. the place and you're like alright it is what it's doing is critiquing this world back then it's saying this world of early 80s women were treated appallingly mm-hmm. and seen as sex objects and that point is made about a dozen times in the first episode and the, but on the other hand it has its cake and eats it because it's completely shamelessly yeah gratuitously depicting yeah. that nudity of the women particularly and you know goes for it in terms of that because it's an H- this is an HBO it's HBO yeah or Showtime yeah. it's HBO um, so I have to admit I, I am enjoying it I am fascinated by this whole story and the whole setting but I think so, maybe it should be dialed down a little bit from the Adam Mackay tone than it is yeah I'm sick of it sick of it <laughs> absolutely fucking sick of it sick of it I'm, uh, I, I mean it was it, it was mildly groundbreaking back in uh, when was it it was the big short the, the big one he come out yeah. with yeah. yeah well yeah. that's because he went from like Anchorman to yeah. like doing the fucking financial crisis you were like wait what yeah uh, Margot Robbie's there and South Park colours Margot and Robbie in a bath I guess he hasn't yeah. come that far <laughs> yeah. yeah sort of just him colouring outside the lines and doing this really punchy interesting way of doing things and then has just stayed that way for what five six years now yeah. just doing exactly the same thing and I'm just <laughs> Sick of it. Sick of it. Best Just... putting him in the Ryan Murphy bucket. <laughs> yeah, he's the new Ryan Murphy. So it, it is. It is all the all the trappings of his, isn't it? And I, I do. You know, I really root for shows and films that that go to pains to show things in new ways you know they push boundaries in terms of storytelling in terms of um the way that they tell stories in terms of media but i will only root for it if there's a point to doing it 
Mm. Whereas this was just showing off and showing all these like kind of uh, tricks and it was it was like a big fireworks box that you just let mm. off every five minutes you know there were shots where they'd cut the audio from the previous shot over a different shot so someone would be smoking instead of talking and the audio would be playing over the top and then suddenly there was a different filter on the lens and then suddenly there's sort of a, a kind of patchwork of real life footage next to what was going on in the dramatization of it and you just get whiplash and I don't understand I don't understand basketball and it was so pompous <laughs> in the way that it explained basketball to you mm. um, and it, they need he needs he needs to sack the wig person he needs to oh, just it's very wiggy every yeah. every <laughs> yeah. fucking one of his things has yeah. just got just distractingly dreadful wigs yeah. um so that was just a cherry on the, the sunday of this i just i'm not i'm not gonna carry on i'm just not i just can't do it don't make me do it no i won't and i won't either like i don't like the era don't like the wigs don't like everyone being a screaming just obnoxious bell end yeah uh, I just I hated everyone in it and I don't like basketball why am I here like no just <laughs> 100% no because <laughs> we couldn't review Moonlight that's right because we couldn't yeah, re- and that, that's it that's, yeah. it. that's the I mean, reason I, I would have watched this anyway it is, it is in my wheelhouse but I, I, I think I agree I, I hear with what you're saying in yeah. both cases it's definitely it is definitely he's, he's got his shtick now isn't it I feel because, like let's face it Succession he directed he exec produced and directed the first show of Succession but the genius of Succession is it isn't like this at all it's got it, it's completely yes. got that time own that incredibly believable authentic feel to it whereas all of this it all feels intrinsically it's, contrived it's so smug like it's yeah. so smug that it's just it just it's like oh no it, it no look if you're really into basketball I'm sure there's a lot to like about this and you've got a lot of tolerance for I wouldn't that, say there's a lot to but, like about it I would say it's more it just is interesting if you like basketball well that's what I'm it's saying fascinating. Like, it's but fascinating I, watching it come together if you're into that stuff yeah. then it adds a layer of interest yeah. and then you might be able to see past some of the other bits but I don't have that layer no, and no more pieces to camera. I'm going to put down a blanket yeah, right now. No more yeah. fucking pieces to camera. But also so many of them. Yeah. And they're, too much, they're yeah. quite irritating yeah. as well. Like they're not like they're, it's not like Fleabag where they're, they're measured and they're carefully doled out and, they're re, and they really yeah. work. With this, it's just like, it's like, well, I guess I'll tell you first. Oh, fuck uh, off. 100%. Just fuck off. You know, I just, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. Hard yeah. pass. Anyway, winning time, Sky Atlantic, and now Monday, 28th of March, tonight. Uh, finally this week, we have Hacks, which finally arrives here in the UK after threatening never to. Uh, Jean Smart stars as a legendary Vegas stand-up called Deborah Vance, and she enters into an unlikely partnership with Hannah Einbinder's disgraced writer, Ava. But Beth, does this joke land? Oh, does it? <laughs> and then some, and then some... And then some again. Um, yes. I mean, there was, I don't know, you know, I try and be level. I try and go with an open mind. But there was basically no way I was going to dislike this <laughs> show, basically. Um, it's got a creative team behind it that I really root for. Um, a lot of whom worked on things like Broad City, The Good Place, those brilliant kind of conceptual or just like brittly funny comedies that have got those like whip smart like fast paced joke counts you know just just live for that stuff that really propulsive pace super funny super like emotionally rich and well written and then to top it off you've got Gene Smart being fucking incredible fucking incredible in this show I mean she's on one anyway she is absolutely on one at the moment we've spoken about Mary Easttown I loved her in Legion as well she was really really great in um Watchmen 
Watchmen, she was she was absolutely brilliant in. Um, I loved her her storyline in that as well. And then she gets to come in, be this this kind of Vegas comedian in residence whose jokes obviously don't really land with a modern audience, but she's got that seasoned, you know, like almost like Shakespearean like performative value to herself. Uh, I can see your eyes bearing into me, James, and I'm just not going to let you get a word in fucking Edwards. Uh, and then and then this great new performer, well, she, she's new to me anyway, um, Hannah Einbinder, who plays uh, Ava, who's this kind of t- talking about being cancelled and, and all that. She she tweeted a bad joke or a badly timed joke and she said her career's ailing. And then so is brought up to Vegas to sort of go toe-to-toe with Jean Smart's name's uh, Deborah Vance um, and she lives in this big house all on her own and has got corgis and it's just, you know, she's a cliche but in the best possible way. Um, but she's also, not to sort of take away from that, she's this really hardworking entrepreneur. She does these presenting gigs on the side as well, just never not working. Um, and then, yeah, this kind of Doc Martin's sporting, mumbling kind of pretentious millennial comes in and they go toe-to-toe and actually work out that she's probably quite good for her and, and kind of sprucing up her show. And then all the surrounding characters are amazing as well. And it's great. Yes. I w- she is like... She, it, she, She's so well-conceived as a yeah. character yeah. that yeah. it's so clever that she's a bit Joan Rivers, yeah, but also very different, really, yeah. because she had a sitcom in the 70s, like which was like a middling hit, I think you expected to believe. And um, she's very show-busy, but, and she's in Vegas. She's got a, she's got a kind of um, residency in yeah. Vegas. And yeah, she's different. To, her, the humour, they show bits of her stand-up, which, which totally are totally believable, but they're slightly different. They're not quite oh. as bitchy as Joan Rivers was, I guess. But um, she's got bits of other you know, famous comedians that you yeah. can think of. Mm. But, and yet it's, it's so different that actually she, it's, she's a unique figure in her yeah. own right. And this is like, what I love about it is, so I knew, obviously we've been talking about it for about as long as it's been, it's taken a year to come here, is that I read the premise and you know, I said, yeah, as you say, Gene Smart, I mean, what can go wrong, you know, in this whole thing, in this set in the world of showbiz, mm. which I'm fascinated by anyway. But the delivery, what it delivers, what, you know, it's so, re- so clever and smart, if you pardon the pun, and she is so brilliant having the time of her life in yeah. this role. She's imperious, her imperiousness, yeah. her whole world, she, where she treats everyone. She's got like the, all these living, like living manager of her businesses. Um, she's got she brings she brings in her own um, uh, player, like card player. What's that game they play? Blackjack yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Into, like yeah. So she can play blackjack yeah. in the comfort of her own home. Doesn't have to go to a fucking casino. The whole Vegas thing is yeah. brilliantly done. Yeah. Um, and I thought the scene where Hannah Einbinder as this character, where, uh, there's a scene. In the episode one where she's so her desperation to yeah. get she bothers these people having lunch in LA outside <laughs> LA restaurant yeah. and her bothering of them is so excruciatingly yeah. real yeah. I've seen yeah. that I've literally seen that in action <laughs> of someone who's like in their career is in the shit and she desperately needs anything something uh, it's so funny and it's so accurate yeah. that it's just genius. And there's all the way through. And every time you think, oh, you know how something's going to go in this show. It's one of those shows where you think, oh, that's how that's going to play out. It, it doesn't. And it goes yeah. another direction. Yeah. It's really clever, really unpredictable. It's totally loved, lived up to I love the the agent, the manager guy, Paul yes. W. Downs, Jimmy, who's a co-creator of the show. Yeah. He's a, completely exactly what these, man, particularly comedy writers yeah. and people's managers and yeah. agents are like. He's so, I and mean, all you see of him so far is just him in the fucking office taking calls <laughs> and having to deal with his assistant who's only there 
because she's through because she's like the oh, daughter of a she's famous, she's phenomenal funny, yeah she's hilarious it's it's ju- it is genuinely brilliant and no wonder it became a, a phenomenon why the fuck it took so long to come yeah. here and why it's ended up on amazon prime from it's an HBO Max show. Well, well HBO knows. Max, as we know, is the Wild West, so they can end yeah. up. It's anywhere. the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, special shout out to Caitlin Olsen as well, oh. which she comes yeah. in as as her daughter and um, is a yeah. is a drug addict and a nightmare. Yeah, and she, her shows. bag has to be checked when she leaves the house yeah. for, for prescription drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's phenomenal. As well. Brilliant. End of the podcast. I think that was great. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you. That was yeah. our final <laughs> TV podcast, and uh, you can See find you us week. on Twitter. All right. All right. So so. Deborah Vance is a bellend. I don't think there's any way of getting around that. So Deborah Vance. Deborah Vance. 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 Maybe? I'm English, not American. I'm not Vance. It's Vance. It's Vance. Deborah Vance. It's a fucking name. Okay. Um, <laughs> Deborah Vance is. Uh, yeah, I just, I found her quite irritating. I didn't like her at all. Of course. Um, and the main issue I have with this is that whole thing, and it's really difficult to do this, like, if your show's concept is about writing brilliant comedy, you've got to be able to deliver the goods. And this is the whole thing that Aaron Sorkin had with Studio City on the Sunset Strip. If you're going to talk about the greatest episode of entertainment television ever and then show it, you've got to be able to write the greatest episode of entertainment television ever. And in this, it's like, when they do this bits where, where you know, first of all, Deborah Vance's stand-up is fucking terrible, but you can get away with that, but that's fine because that's it's supposed to be the case. But then when she meets Ava and they start talking like exchanging jokes, they're the shittest jokes. And like they're back and forth and like, it's I'm enjoying this, but this is terrible. Like it's, it's not, not funny. Like you're the expert on comedy who would Sure, know. sure, exactly. I will yeah. concede exactly. that. And like and how like Ava ends up getting the job in this, like it's with material that's just dreadful. And I just felt a bit like this is a real letdown. And the reason it's a letdown is because. I thought that Hannah Einbinder was so fucking good in this and I enjoyed every scene she was in except I didn't enjoy the bits when she's delivering her quote-unquote writing because I just thought it was bad. But <laughs> but I thought she was good. I thought she's a revelation in this. The best thing mm. in this by Country Mile to me. I mean, don't get me wrong, Gene Smart is great, mm. but there's something about Hannah Einbinder who, to the best of my knowledge, has been nothing before yeah, this. Yeah. And she's come in and with the sh- assuredness that she dominates those scenes with this kind of sort of millennial snark that she has, I, I, I really found her captivating and I want to watch more of it just to see those two and their relationship. My concern, however, is this comedy. That the comedy is a mint shit and they don't seem to realise that. And that worries me a little bit. So I'm, I'm not 100% saying I'm going to watch more of this, but I'm, I'm intending to. If for no other reason than <laughs> the episodes are only like 28 minutes each. So, you know, which is what Beth was obviously thrilled and going to give this five stars just on the basis of that. But uh, yeah, I see, why, I see why it's done very well. And I think she should go on to do many, many bigger and better things because she's very, very good. I don't think it does matter about the, the, the comedy, funnily enough, weirdly. And I don't quite, I can't quite explain. I'll tell you a little bit why, which is that... Actually, because it's it's one writer to the performer telling her the joke. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference between, and as you say, the, her performance of the doesn't have to be hysterical because partly she's supposed to be quite a cheesy old showbiz yeah. all the time anyway. But it's not like you. you the writer is giving her these jokes and saying these jokes in quite kind of you know in, in that in that context. It's not going to come across as funny. It's like if you're in a writer's room. Often, you know, if you see them saying stuff to each other, it isn't necessarily as funny as it's going to be when you yeah. finally make it and deliver it sure. as a thing. So I think it actually doesn't matter that element of it. You completely become but, obsessed but, with. But it's like it's like she gives her this job based on this like initially off this tweet. It's like oh, this is the tweet I did. And I was like oh, let's hear this singer. Let's and this tweet like not being funny. Chris Hewitt does ten tweets funnier than that every single day. And I was just like, well, don't tell him that. And we doesn't listen to this podcast. It makes oh, no yeah, difference. True. But I was like, I, uh, what? No, but the tweet yeah, was. But then, but then 
my god and she's like yeah but that's a terrible joke so they acknowledge <laughs> yeah, right. that's true joking. but yeah. then the stuff they come up with after that isn't any better but I don't think it is about the strength of the joke necessarily it's about outlining the process of how to get to the end of the joke that's then performed so it's like no this needs to be funny no we need to change this bit it needs to be older it needs to be about the we need to take the focus off the woman put it onto the man it's it's like a kind exactly. of it's like a cross section of a joke yeah the mechanics like, of a joke yeah. talking about jokes and the, explaining the mechanics and showing the mechanics isn't funny and doesn't have to be funny yeah. it's 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 the final what you get in the end that is the, supposed to be funny yeah. and that in this show wisely so far doesn't doesn't get bogged down in that too much. Also, You're the underlying <laughs> point here is that James doesn't find comedy funny. So exactly. Exactly. Literally yeah. any joke. You could have a joke that had the two of us in tears laughing and you would still yeah. think it was shit. So. I mean, there's some truth to that. Okay, fair enough. Well, Hacks does drop on Prime Video. I want to say Friday. Is it yes, Friday? It, it is. is Friday. There we go. Uh, okay, so... What else is out this week? Moon Knight. Moon Knight airs on the 30th of March. That's, uh, that's very exciting on Disney+. Plus. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, what else have we got? There's <laughs> a funny new um, uh, ITV2, believe it or not, sitcom called Deep Heat, which is set in the, not about the magazine. It's set in the world of, <laughs> of wrestling, of kind of like, you know, pro wrestling. Out When they say English... Deep Heat, is it literally about like muscle rub? Yeah, that's okay. the, that's the yeah. reference. Yeah, It's really enjoyable, funny, entertaining, clever, smartly written. Um, uh, I, I, I reckon, it was written by this comedy duo, Duo. Max and Ivan. That's on ITV tonight, Monday, 10 o'clock. There's quite a funny um, three-parter on gold called New York, New York, which is like, um, which has got a good cast uh, of Morgana Robinson, um, Matthew Horne, Beverly Cowell, etc. Uh, that's on, also starts today, gold, nine o'clock. I can't imagine James will be tuning in. No. The Flash and DC Legends Tomorrow are back this week. Woohoo. Yes. I know you're huge fans of the DC <laughs> TV shows, but they are. Flash on Tuesday on Sky Max and DC Legends tomorrow Wednesday on Sky Max, both eight o'clock. He says turning the pages of this magazine. Uh, I think that might be about it. Okay, right. And your pick of the week, he says, knowing what the answer will be. But go on. <laughs> well, it's obviously hacks. Is yeah. it though, Boyd? Is it? Do you know, I love slow horses. I don't mind slow horses. I'm well, torn, yeah. I like it enough for all of us. I'm going to go hacks just to be annoying. Oh, yes! Yeah. Such a twat. Yeah. Such a twat. Yeah. Slow horses it is. Right. Um, okay. Well, I guess that's it for this week's show. Do please donate your very best five-star ratings to us at Apple Podcasts and uh, rate us over on Spotify as well. Uh, and as ever, we're on social media at Pilot TV Pod and individually at James C. Dye, at Beth K. Webb and at Boyd Hilton. If you're upset that Moon Knight didn't make it onto this week's show... I'm not then, upset. Uh, <laughs> then please do sign up for the spoiler specials. As I mentioned, there will be a spoiler special for that on Wednesday, dropping on Wednesday over at empireonline.com slash spoiler specials. Uh, <laughs> Or, you know, just wait until next week's show and we'll be discussing it here as well. So that'll be fine. Uh, and hopefully my voice will have fully returned by then. Yeah, yeah best, and best we'll, life. And we'll have banned you from doing that, <laughs> that, that impression 100%. Good luck with that, boy. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, Moon Knight next week. We'll also be heading back for some batshit space adventures with Raised by Wolves Season 2. Uh, so that should be interesting, which I know Beth in particular is looking forward to, aren't you, Beth? Oh, yeah, I can't wait, considering the glowing reviews you two have given. <laughs> that's right that's right can't wait um, pilot out